Welcome into Defeating the Curse, DTC. It could also be Don't Trash Carson, Destroying the Commanders, Defaulting to Capitals, whatever we need to do in DC to kind of get through the weeks between these trash games that we've been watching of the Washington Commanders. It's been brutal, LP. It's been brutal. We've we've exhausted all we can exhaust about what to complain about at this point. You don't need to look any further than the last time we podcasted. The last time we podcasted, I was sick as shit. We were one and one, and I was like, I don't care, FP, let's go. I'll go with a hoarse voice. Doesn't matter. Last week, we were just defeated. The team sucks. Everything about the team sucks. And I just couldn't find it in me to get on this damn microphone and talk about this team because I, I've been dying, dying to get behind the microphone because I why? have so What's much the, pent it's up. It's the same old shit. It's yeah, the same it's, old shit. It's like 30 years of the same shit, but it's still witnessing it now, witnessing it with Ron Rivera, witnessing it with the culture change. Like, great. You, I don't know what culture changed. What did like? I didn't think we had divas before, but apparently the the on the field product the culture did not change the coaching staff has been letting us down time after time week after week and then this week you have Ron Rivera coming out there did he did he not throw Carson under the bus did he say a quote did he backtrack it did he get taken out of context look let, let's put it this way we're we're gonna break this pod down podcast down into topics topic one Frustrations with Ron Rivera and the coaching staff. Topic two, it is not Carson Wentz's fault. He is not playing terribly. He is doing pretty damn well if you look at numbers across the league for what he has to work with. And then topic number three, this team as a whole and what they need to do to get better. It's it's insane to me that Ron Rivera is is not being like a man of character himself when it comes to a coach not because of what he said like he he said what he said about Jamin he said what he said about Carson that's that's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is take ownership of yourself remember the, the, the accountability that you said. of the total yeah. product remember what he said when is. he got hired right when he got hired he was like look we still don't have our quarterback we're going to try to find the guy but until then we're going to build up this team so that when the guy comes in, he can come in and we can compete. That was what he said. That was the gist of what he said. And then this week, the not taken out of context thing he said about Carson once was all the other NFC East teams, Giants, 4-1, and one, just beat the Packers, Eagles, 5-0, and oh, Cowboys, 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush, just beat the Rams. All those teams who have immediately turned things around, they – they, they went to Ron Rivera. They're like, why are these teams better than the commanders? And he says, quarterback. Now, he's not throwing Carson under the bus. The D.C. media and nation, nation media went wild with that. But it's true. They have quarterbacks and systems longer, and, and, and they built around it, whatever. But Ron Rivera. I'm, I'm going to push back on that because Cooper Rush is a backup quarterback. He's been uh, in the Sure, system, he's though. been in the system. Doesn't matter. Daniel Jones is absolutely trash. They didn't even give him his extension, his fifth-year option. Yeah. He's he's, trash. He's trash, and they still find a way to give Saquon the ball and let him be the workhorse. And they have a significantly crappier roster 
than the Commanders. Outside of Saquon, they have zero. Name, name one receiver for the Giants. Exactly. You can't. Exactly. They but are. Rivera, you are the team. architect. You are the architect of this team from the top bottom, like from the top top, like Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera, GMs, Ron Rivera, coaching staff, Ron Rivera, scouting team. Like you, you're all over this thing. And, and every single, say, almost every single player has been handpicked by Ron Rivera yes, or and, and handpicked for the worst. made, made, made with intentions that Ron's going to keep them around. Yes. And, like and every Mar- player that we have lost has been a Ron Rivera decision. Morgan Moses. Gone. Brandon Sheriff. Gone. Eric Flowers. Gone. Oh, our O-line sucks? Let's bring in a wash-up from the Panthers and the Jags normal. Gets pancaked against the Texans. Er, and the another another wash-up in Trey Turner, who he's benched. Yes. Do you know, actually, sidetrack about Norwell. There was a four-game spread in the Titans game. Like, four games, or four plays. It was penalty, Norwell. Sack on Norwell. Penalty on Norwell, sack on Norwell. Four game, four plays, back to back to back to back, all Norwell. You're going to tell me Eric Flowers can't do better than that? While you have cap space. While it's you not, have it, cap space, yes. And, and you have the flexibility to make cap space if you needed it. You could have restructured people. You could have, you could have done anything, anything. Any I'm, I'm GM in this league could have touch- made... We didn't even touch on benching uh, William Jackson III, who has the second highest contract on this team. Who he signed. Who yes. he signed last yes. year to a massive deal. Yes. You know, whatever. It's $40 million. It's not that big. In, in it's that terms big of other, for not playing and getting benched. It's that big for cornerbacks, too. This is Ron's fault, uh, 100%. Uh, the offense is predictable. The defense is predictable. And Ron decided not to make a change at coordinator after two years of predictable offense and defense. No one has excelled. Uh, Players are not playing up to – they're not playing above their levels. They're, for the most part, playing below their levels. He's 100% at fault for all of this. Now, I'll flip the coin and say that this is par for the course for Ron. We started one in four, two out of the three years under Ron. He always starts the game slow, and he always starts the season slow. This is exactly what he is. This is what he does. Is that acceptable? No, it's not. It's not acceptable because not because when you look at the Giants, you had a chance with a rebuild. You had a chance with a rebrand. Yes. A new name. Yes. FedEx Field has been the most packed I've seen in what ten years since we are dying, dying to go and support this team. The fans are showing up, dying to go, and we're constantly let down. And, yes, Ron Rivera, because of his horniness for the military, he's the reason why we are called the commanders, or one of the big reasons why we're called the commanders. It's it's. That doesn't matter what the name is. I'm fine with the name the because name. D.C. is a military. You know, we're the capital of the United States. That's fine. That makes sense. It, it matches with our city, but, all those things. I don't care about that. I care about you, the product on the at, field. When you look at Brian Dable and what he's doing with the Giants, that he he is the torch lighting Ron's seat on fire. Him right there. Because the Giants, 100% through the entire time since we've hired Ron, have been the seller of the NFC East, have had zero playmakers, have had injury bugs up the ass, have had terrible GMs, ownerships, and and whatever anything Terrible that we, anything that we can complain about 
the Giants can complain about it double. And yet, and yet, four they and one. They beat the Packers, and, and they're they four beat and one. quality teams. They beat the Packers with Daniel Jones, who, did, who, by the way, I don't know if you watched that game. It was a Sunday morning London game. Daniel Jones looked really efficient. And I get that's what Ron is trying to get at. But Daniel Jones just learned this Brian Dable system. So you can't say he's been in the system. They built the team around him. It's a new system. He has known his system as long as Carson has known our system. And yet Daniel Jones looks to be playing great. Now let's pivot it's, that. It's not, the it's, not a, yeah. it's not a reasonable excuse. No, you know what? Pivot into the Carson discussion. This is not Carson Wentz's fault at all. Is he annoying? Yes. Does he make boneheaded moves? Yes. Does he make? Were the last three plays of the game horrible? Yes. And was that on the quarterback? Yes. But it was was also also on the play. play Yes. I I get that you have to pass the ball three times. I'm good with that. I'm bad with the play calls that they picked. Why are they going in the middle of the field when it's so congested? Why are they going to J.D. McKissick when you have Terry McLaurin at receiver? You have Cole Turner, who is 10 feet tall and can outjump anybody on the defense. Yep. You have Cam Sims, who is a former basketball player, who can jump out of the, 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 the building. And yet and Dax Milne throw, was in. Dax and you, Milne And you don't throw in. a toss-up ball to, to any of these tall receivers. It's unacceptable. It, yeah, I, I don't. I, it's also I unacceptable when when, when you look at all on. the other teams. The whole game, you had Brian Robinson come, coming back from getting shot. After all that emotion, you run the ball 10 times before that drive. 10 times? It's not even – listen, uh, even about the Brian Robinson thing. You know what? Great that he came back. Great that it was his first game back or his first game of his career. That's great. But you don't change the entire game plan that specific week to bring him in, keep him on a pitch count, get him a couple touches, but still they had run the 10 rock. runs. He wasn't no, on a but, pitch count. No, but I'm saying run the rock heavy with Gibson. It doesn't have to go straight to the Brian Robinson story. Run it with the guy that's done it for two years who you, yes, he fumbles, but I mean, come on, you don't have to go straight to the guy rehabbing from, from shot up knees. Like yeah. there's just so many decisions that don't make sense from just the coaching staff. And when you watch every other game, every other week, every other time slot, right? Does Diggs get open all the time for Allen? Yes. Gabriel Davis is their barn burner. He had two receptions for 180 yards. He got open. Uh, Justin Jefferson constantly getting the ball from Kirk, constantly getting open. Devontae Adams. All these star receivers are being schemed open, are being play designed open, right? And yet for us and Terry, not worth Or they force the ball to their number one receiver and he makes plays. We don't force the ball to Terry. It's he not hasn't even gotten forcing the ball he has, to Terry. We don't has give he got Terry any, a chance to shine. We don't yeah, he hasn't draw gotten him any open. touches in the first quarter. No. We All don't season. draw the man open. We're so vanilla in our scheme. And Scott Turner I, I don't know, he went up to the booth for the Titans game. Did that help? No. That, what I don't understand about Scott is staff? he uh, week one, Scott had an amazing game plan. I thought, I, you know, I'm not a Scott Turner fan. I gave him credit week one because yes, there was a lot of misdirection. Looks there, Curtis Samuel was design. touching. Everyone was touching the ball. I don't know how he regressed to. 
I'm going to call the most vanilla offense ever. It's because he had three months to plan for the Jaguars game, and he doesn't know how to do it week by week. I don't think he truly understands how to scout game tape for the next upcoming team and and design plays. I think he has set plays, and he picks which ones he wants for the week. I don't think he designs play based off defenses that we're facing. No, I think it's actually that the Lions game completely tripped him up when the Lions just brought all kinds of pressure against Wentz and we just looked in, inept at on offense. And because of that, he's scared to do something different. Like how many times is, is, is Wentz running off a bootleg or moving out of the pocket or moving up and down the pocket? Like he's standing there, seven step drop like a statue. And that's on the play call. Like, and then we also heard what last week that uh, Wentz is not allowed to audible. Yeah, and he was audibling on on Sunday. Some something hot so hot routes run. But like, if, if we were to go blame pie, coaching, offense, defense, special teams, how would you split up the pie? We we actually discussed this in our chat. So I'm gonna go a little bit more granular. I want to see Scott Turner changed. And then I want immediately. No, no, no. I'm talking about blame pie. Let's go blame pie first. Then you can divert into whatever you want. Coaching, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, coaching. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Number one and two. And then I'm gonna you, go. You, you filled up the pie. The pie is only hundred percent. All right. Well, there you go. What, coaching. Coaching. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go. Sixty uh, percent coaching. 25% offense, 15% defense, and defense was was what we were worried about. Week one, they sucked. Week two, they sucked. It seems like JDR's not turned things around, but at least we're not. Benching WJ3, bringing in Wild Goose, bringing in BSJ. Those are Jam- uh, Jamin Davis has played moves, a little bit better. Moves. Like JDR at least has things are happening. Stuff. Yes, JDR has done stuff where we're seeing different things happen right we're so seeing incremental growth too yes, throughout the weeks yes the, we're the, seeing the incremental more pressure all of that so jdr to me is safe he still sucks i would love to see him go but right now he's safe because there's so much other bigger fires to put out yeah and we're seeing decrements in the offense the offense yes. is getting worse and worse and worse and it, and it comes down to again ron rivera and his decisions with his offensive line i'm sorry we are struggling the way we are struggling solely because Ron Rivera and and his GMs that he brought in didn't want to pay the guys that we had that are proven. I understand Brandon Sheriff didn't want to really be here. Okay, I get that. And I understand Brandon Sheriff not getting paid to be here because when I, I mean if you look at wins and losses with Brandon Sheriff, it's it's ridiculous. I think yes. it's I don't know what the what the actual number is, but it's ridiculous. But but to from go, from the eye, you can see that Wes Schweitzer stepped in for Brandon Sheriff last year, and it wasn't that much of a decrease on the on the line, right? But to let Flowers go and to bring in Norwell and to bring in Trey Turner, and then three weeks into the season to bench Trey Turner for the guy who was supposed to replace Trent Williams at left tackle is now yep. playing right guard. I get position flexibility, but I don't care about position flexibility. I want I want a dog guy at, at that position. position. Yes. Yeah. And then I, and then it's just. I and just, time time management. Jesus Christ, time management. 
Ron, you've been a coach oh for 15 years. How do you not know? The challenge was fine, but back-to-back timeouts on back-to-back plays, like uh, someone asked him in the press conference, I think it was Grant Paulson, said, did you call two plays out of the timeout? And he would not answer the damn question. No, clearly he did not. And on top of that, I think we wasted like 15 or 12 to 15 seconds between those plays, not knowing what the F we were doing. You yeah. are in. And then the Curtis Samuel running drill. backwards and yeah. the play clock still running. All those things like it was a five. It was, there was five minutes left in the drive. I, I don't know how you end up with. 19 seconds and, and three downs. It's, I just I don't understand how it's, it's, Ron Rivera can stand in front of the media, can stand up at that podium, and he has to and he keeps repeating, we're doing a lot of good things. We just have to get some other things right. We have to get the small things right. We have to fix the mistakes. We have to be more. That's your job. All you're telling me when you stand up there is I have not been doing my job. Our coaching staff has not been doing our job. That's why nobody's prepared, nobody's learning, and we're not making improvements from week to week. We keep doing the same mistakes or we get even worse. Fix one thing a week. That's it. On the offense, fix one thing a week. Get rid of Norwell one week. We're happy. Get rid of Norton week two. We're happy. Get rid of Dax Mill on special teams week three. We're happy. One thing a week, one glaring issue a week, if you replace that, we will be happy. And the problem is those slow starts that you alluded to about Ron Rivera, that's what's happening right now. He has to do it his way. He has to be stubborn. He has to drown in his own um, confidence and pride. And then when the world is set on fire, then he's like, oh, yeah, let's make some changes. My way's not working. Why is it taking it, you? It, it takes him five? six weeks, six weeks too late to make changes. Yeah. It's yeah. This was this was an easy this was uh, an easy I'll, I'll stretch t- of our schedule. I'll tell you the telling point for me was I watched uh, Command Center Coach Command with Ron Rivera, whatever that stupid show is on on Saturday nights, and they asked Ron, um, "What's your what's your strategy on coaching?" And he said, "We like to focus on the positives and what we've done good, and and basically double down on what we've done good." Right. Well, Ron, terrible. you're not doing anything good. Your team is not doing anything good. Maybe you need to chew into their asses a little bit and focus on the bad and fix the well, bad rather than like, focusing like, on the good. Look at this analogy, right? Like, let's say you're training your son how to drive, okay? He's behind the wheel, learner's permit, first time driving. He's terrible at parallel parking. Awful. God awful at it. Hits the car up. Terrible. He's great at merging onto the highway and making left turns, whatever. Are you as a parent going to sit there and be like, all right, let's take this left turn. Good job. Let's take this left turn. Good job. Let's take this left turn. Good job. You're going to go nowhere, right? You're going to keep making the same left turn. You're going to go in a circle. You're going nowhere. And then when it's time for him to parallel park, crash and burn. Why not? If you're already doing the good stuff, good. Teach the bad bad stuff and fix it. Teach them how to parallel park. Teach them how to tackle. Teach teach Scott Turner how to call plays. I don't know what you need to do, but you can't focus on the good. B. Mitch says it all the time. Sometimes these players need to hear that they suck. Not in front of the media, in the locker room. Tell them they suck. Throw F-bombs at them. 
get them fired up. Like, disrespect their manhood to the point where they want to come in and work even harder to give a middle finger to you and show you that they know what to do. That's what you need. You need to find the balance of, like, tough-ass coaching and leader of men culture change, right? You can't just be soft. He's soft right now. And again— and he's this not is, supposed to be a soft this coach. Is, this is that's my what, not that's PC what bothers side. me. This is my not PC side coming out. But there's been reports in Washington Post articles and, and people discussing that post-cancer treatment Ron has been taking it easy on Ron. He has to take his breaks. He has to take his naps. He can't shout as much. He needs lozenges. That's fine. That's all well and fine. But the NFL is a cutthroat business. If you can put players out there they have to risk CTE and concussions and put their body on the line and literally face death at any given moment. Why can't you either put somebody in charge, bow out gracefully, say, guys, I can't handle the pressure anymore. I- I'm going to leave and we're going to find something. Like, do anything but to just be drowning in your own pride, thinking, no, no, I can do this when clearly you cannot. It's it's hurting this entire franchise. It's the first year of this rebrand. There's a whole new generation that's never even seen. Like we haven't had 11 wins since before Snyder bought this team. The Giants are halfway there, quarter of the way there. Yeah, the the division is lost already, and it's week week five. I uh, let's put it this way, right? Thursday night, national TV, only game on, Commanders versus Bears. Bears are terrible. Bears still also have a one-game better victory than us. What do you – what would LP prefer to happen? Here's your options. We come out. Carson Wentz has an amazing game. The offense looks spectacular. We're winning 21-0 by halftime. Or we come out. Carson Wentz looks terrible. Tyler Taylor Heineke comes in and the offense looks great or Carson comes in, looks terrible. Heineke comes in, looks terrible. Sam Howell comes in. And then all of a sudden we start seeing the spark. That's what, a, that's an FP fantasy land. That, that I know last it is, but scenario. what's, what's, what's your, what would you am, guys, let's put, let's simply, let's simplify it. Do you want to see us come out 21 zero at halftime? Or do you want to see us come out and struggle against the bears? I am I'm a lifelong fan of this team and it pains me to ever want them to fail and I can't I cannot get myself to do that. I don't care if it's week 17, I want my team to win. So I want See, them to go 21-0 and I want, I want them the, to turn it around and I want, I want them the to end up going 11 and I want the furnace 12 and 4 whatever it is. That's left. I want us to come out on nationally televised games. It's probably going to happen. I mean, and I want us to lose 42-0 at halftime. I want the world to laugh and point and mock and destroy and criticize and 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 protest this coaching staff because the owner's untouchable, right? And here's the thing: I don't think I don't the Bears want, have scored 42 points all season. I don't so, want. I, here, here's the funny thing about what I'm saying: I do not want Ron Rivera fired. I don't believe that will help this team. Firing Ron Rivera and starting a brand new rebuild does not help us. What I want is Ron Rivera to make the tough decisions ahead of him. 
changing coordinators, right? Getting new guys in here, admitting that what he had at the start of the season wasn't enough and making drastic changes, but still under the tutelage of Ron Rivera, because I don't want us to set the, the, the house on fire. And then next year, when we don't find a good replacement coach, when, when our GMs struggle because Ron's not here to do whatever he does with them, I don't want to deal with that reality. I want Ron Rivera to address what he needs to address. The problem is his track record. He's too true to his guys. He won't. I don't think he's going to fire anybody. And his track record is three winning seasons in 12 seasons. Yeah, three winning seasons, uh, all with Cam Newton in I his just, prime. I don't. I don't know. I don't see that happening. I, and I, don't I don't see Ron Rivera doing what he needs to do to fix this, to to right this ship. He, eventually, he's not going to be the guy at the helm. Like but I think we can all point, say that. What's his contract? What's his contract? Is it five five years? years. Five years. But as a fan, you want us to to tank. This is a strong QB draft class coming in. You want us to tank. I don't want us to suddenly win. But it's not going to happen. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in Washington. We we tank once out of every 20 years. Every other year, we are six, seven, five, six, seven wins, and we're 10th in the draft. Ninth in the draft, twelfth in the draft. It needs to. I I need the tank. If you admit, if you admit without admitting that we're tanking, right? The fan base, I guarantee you, goes from angry to celebratory. If Sam Howell comes in and you don't, you don't have to hit the seventy-five percent starting on Wentz's contract, so we can save one of our third-round picks or however it's constructed. If you do that. And Howell comes in or Heineke comes in, the fan base will rejoice. We will be happy that we've embraced the tank, the turd for Bryce Young. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see that happening. I don't either, but it would make the fan base happy. It's what we so F the fan base. Football. Who cares? What do you mean, F the fan base. Win your fucking games. Win a game. <laughs> Win two games. Win three games. Go on a streak. Win any games. I want to see improvement from last year. I want to see improvement from the year before. It won't happen. Honestly, winning the NFC East, Ron's first year, ruined everything. Ruined. Because it gave us all false hope. No, it gave Ron false hope. It made him think he's more capable than he is. That he's he's smarter than the rest of us. He came in and he 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 tasted that victory and he's like, ah, I can do this. No, you can't, Ron Rivera. No, you can't. Look at your players. I sent you a clip earlier or an article earlier about Gibbs. It was almost a mirrored season. We started one and four, vanilla, predictable. Everything was awful. There's an article where Gibbs is like, it starts with me. It starts with the coaching staff. I had the players sit with me and show me and tell me why our offense is predictable to tell me why we can't score more than 14 points a game. It was the exact same season. It was a mirror of this season and that season with Gibbs. This was in like 2004. This is the year that he brought in Al Saunders as his uh, like consultant or whatever. It didn't help him at all, but it was Gibbs being what made Gibbs great. Admitting that knowing he, his weaknesses, and it was even bigger because Gibbs is an offensive-minded coach, right? 
So for him to come in and be like, the offense is predictable. We need help. Do you know that that was the year where for like the first quarter of the season or, or like the season prior, like we, we never called a play in shotgun because that's how old school Gibbs was when he came back for Gibbs 2.0. We never called a play in shotgun until like that tipping moment until he was like, we need to change things up. Ron Rivera. All you need to do is Ron is the type of guy that will, will never be proven wrong. Yeah. And he will never admit fault. And he will double down on his mistakes yes. because he wants and, to and prove that he knows what he's doing. That's what's driving the media crazy because he's acting like we're not watching the same thing he's watching. In a sense, it's almost like Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan was the same way. He, he never admitted fault. Everything was on the player. Um, just It's just old school coaching, right? And I don't think that's how McVay runs his operation. I don't think how that's Kyle Shanahan runs his operation, uh, you know. Mike McDaniels, all all these younger guys, right? I don't know. I also think um, that Scott Turner has got to be like the shittiest young coordinator in yes. the league. Like, yes. like it's almost as if he's never played Madden before. It, like or, he doesn't he know how the to. The NFL is Madden. Do, and he only has a finite amount of plays to choose from. You can change. You can create your own. You can sit – did you see there, there was like some uh, – I think it was Diggs talking about Dable when he was with the Bills. And he would be like – Dable would call me up, cigar in his mouth, and he would be like, I'm drawing up plays to get you open when we face the Chiefs, the, the Vikings, whoever. He like – like Dable took pride in like getting his guys open, drawing creative plays, putting his, his vision – like in the playbook and seeing it carried out. Scott Turner does not do that. I don't think he understands the concept of drawing your playmakers open. I don't think he knows what that means. No. Uh, I, I however I I do believe that say we had a a a, a young I don't care if young or old, but a a, a creative offensive play uh, caller. I do think our our team would be more than one in four. So I don't think that. Yes, we would. I, I, Again, I don't because I, I still don't think that we would that be we a have, top echelon team. It's, we're just not. But all the I, bitching that we have, it's 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 not really on Carson. I mean, he's what fifth in league in passing yards. Some in, insane stat about how many touchdown passes he has. Like he has unlocked this part of the offense where we have deep threats and we. We can produce explosive plays. Carson has unlocked that offense. Yet, we're not putting together the simplified, dumbed-down version that we had for Heineke, where J.D. McKissick was utilized and, and proved to be great, where Logan Thomas was utilized, or, or our new drafted tight end. We forgot the dumbed-down part of the playbook, and now it's just... Pound the rock didn't work. Pound the rock didn't work. Pound the rock didn't work. Deep shot. And that's our offense. And it only looks good when that deep shot hits one every four times. Pound the rock doesn't work. Pound the rock doesn't work. Pound the rock doesn't work. Deep shot. I, I think you're you're counting way too many pound the rocks. If they only ran the ball ten times last last game and, and until the last drive of the, of the game. Bottom line, I think Scott is just – I don't know – what it is with him. Like, I don't know how you can change him because he changes often 
for a quarter at a time, and it doesn't stick. Last year, it was stick to the run, and he just never did that. Um, this year, it's everything is so predictable. Brian Robinson comes in the game. What's the play call? Run the ball. Bunch formation. What's the play call? It's the same thing every time. Like it's so predictable, and I'm just done with with Scott Turner. FP, you are you are failing miserably. You are Scott Turnering the mute button today. <laughs> he, I'll, I'll say, I was saying, he he is failing miserably at being a coordinator, but he has to be on the hottest seat inside of Ashburn. If anything were to happen that you calm this fan base down and you buy yourself more time, it's changing Scott Turner. But here's and, and, the issue. And but the Who problem is, to? well, no, the, the issue is the bye week is still six weeks away or something like that. <laughs> so the only time you could do bye. that, well, usually when you, you would flip a coordinator right before the bye so that you have two weeks to install your new offense, all those things. Um, the second yeah, right best now, you, this, this is the after best a Thursday game. Yes. So I do still it don't now. see it. I don't see it happening. My problem let's, is let's pivot, let's pivot to the Bears game. The Bears are two and three. They beat the Niners in Week One and they beat the Texans in Week Three. They scored 19 points Week One, 10 points in Week Two, 23 points in Week Three, 12 points in Week Four, and 22 points against the Vikings last week. Passing yards, they've scored, they've they've uh, passed for 105 yards, 48 yards, 82 yards, 155, and a buck 93. This offense against the Bears is, you know, inept, right? More than more so than the Commanders. I, I, How I do you see the game? More points than us. If you add up all their points scored, is it more than all the points we've scored? Probably. I don't Pretty know. Sure. I'm not gonna do the math that that fast. I'll say this: Justin, Justin Fields, Fields is throwing like eight times a game. But he's he's mobile though, right? Let's pull him up. He's mobile. That's his whole thing. Or he's he's more mobile than Carson. And do well, that's another have, part of the problem. Carson is mobile. Weapons? He's just not running. I don't think so the he, Bears have weapons. They have Amon Ra's brother, Equiminius. Is that that's like their their deep threat? David Montgomery is literally the only person I know yeah, on that team. Exactly. So he had eight completions, seven completions, eight completions, 11 completions, and 15 completions. Yeah. He's had two touchdowns, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, zero touchdowns, and one touchdown. He's had three touchdowns all season. Yeah, they have if, a better If you lose to the us. Bears, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know. I mean, things have to be blown up if you lose to the Bears. When we lose to the Bears. Let's pivot Justin, to over-unders. Like RG3 in 2012 against us. Let's, let's pick our winners and, pick, and, and pivot to over-unders for the game on Thursday night. Uh, primetime game. We know Washington. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Washington does not do good in primetime. I do believe we've won with Ron in primetime before. But... Um, Still overall pretty bad in primetime. Justin Fields over under 174.5 is what Vegas has it set to. 174.5 passing yards? Yeah. 
Is William Jackson the third playing, or is his back still hurt? William Jackson the third is benched. Okay. His back is a cover up on that. Yeah, so just like Carson's he, shoulder is a cover up suddenly. He had 121 yards, 70 yards, 106 yards, 174 yeah, yards, under. and 208 yards. Under. So he's beat 174.5 once, and that was last week against Minnesota. All right, Carson Wentz, uh, 220.5. Under. Over. I'm going under for Fields, over for for Wentz. Uh, total touchdown passes, Justin Fields at <laughs> half a touchdown. <laughs> over. We'll get we'll get burnt beat once with a, with a deep play. I'm gonna go over as well. Uh, Carson Wentz, 1.5. Over. Go over as well. Uh, total interceptions, 0.5 for Wentz, 0.5 for Carson. I'm going to go over, over for both. Over. Yeah. So that six uh, six leg parlay is plus 3,500. <laughs> taking that now. Yep, taking that now. Money. Put put 100 on that for me. <laughs> How do you see the game playing out? I see the defense having a really strong first quarter. I see the offense coming out flat. It's going to put the defense in a tough position. It's going to be somewhere in the 12 to 6 ballpark at halftime. And if we don't adjust at halftime, because apparently that's the only time we can adjust, this game is going to be way too close for comfort. Last drive, meaning either team, to, to win the game. Or to lose the game. Or to lose the game. I see Final that the same score, thing. Final score like a 21-17. Who do you got? I mean, I'm a homer. I have to say us. I have to say commanders. But would I be surprised if it was the Bears? No. Yeah. I'm going to go 15-17 Washington. I just think this is code red for the team. Um, lots of adversity this week. Carson sh- brushed it off today. He hasn't been activated yet, and I don't think he's he's been practicing, so I highly doubt that. Um, it looks like Dotson is also out because he hasn't practiced yet. Um, and, and he failed or he refused to put a timetable on his return, which usually means it's not this week. Yeah. Logan Thomas also looks like he's probably going to be out. Um, so that's, you know, two playmakers for the commanders. Cosme. Paul Turner. Um, Cosme still not back. I do see Norwell getting benched. <laughs> um, uh, you would hope I, so. I could see that. I don't know who would come in for him. Is, is Schweitzer back? Uh, if so. Uh, was he put on IR? Honestly, he may have been put on IR. I think he had back-to-back concussions. He may have been put on four, IR. Four linemen is better than five. Five, five as with Norwell or four without him, four is better. All right, here's the uh, injury report. Percy Butler is a, a DNP. Sam Cosme still a DNP. The fucking finger. Dotson is a, BM, a DNP. Logan Thomas was a DNP. Jonathan Williams was a DNP. Limited was Diami uh, with a groin. Christian Holmes, limited with a hamstring. William Jackson, 
He was full on Monday and then limited today on Tuesday. But I think he's benched either way. And then Mayo and Wentz were both limited. I think Wentz is fine. I think that's a cover-up. 100% um, it's a cover-up. Do we and then see Heineken? The Bears have – the Bears put someone on IR. Uh, Matt card. Adams. Uh, Yano Neal Harry, or whatever his name is, is limited. Nobody's. Nobody cares. And then two DBs are full. Do we see Heineke on Thursday? Yes. I don't no. think so. No. Would you be upset if you saw Heineke on Thursday? I think that the second Heineke comes in is uh, season officially over and the tank is on. Now, what if Heineke comes in and this offense looks like it's a well-oiled machine and we're moving the ball efficiently and all problems have been resolved? I think so we know from last week. Suddenly looks better because he has better pocket awareness and mobility. Well, he has better mobility for sure. Um, 100% better pocket awareness too. I think we saw this offense with Heineke last year. And yeah. at times it was good. At times it wasn't. But we also saw this offense with Heineke without the playmakers that, he, that, that we have. But we also know that Heineke doesn't have the arm to stretch the field. What's the point I, of stretching I, the field if you don't have if you still go one for twelve on third down? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, we we talked about this earlier. I, Wentz is not is not I'm, the problem. I'm not saying Wentz is the problem. What I'm saying is Heineke coming in. I feel like something clicks with Scott Turner, and he shifts what the game plan. And if all you're of a looking, it works. if you're if you're looking for a spark, the spark to me would be to bench Norwell. Put somebody else there. I, for one, would be happy to see Heineke. I miss him. I miss him. I'm a Heineke fan, but uh, I just know, like, his ceiling is a backup. And I don't see that as a path to any more success this year. I sure, we could probably is... tank with Heineke. No, no, I, that's the thing. I don't think you tank with Heineke. I think Scott Turner doesn't see the rocket arm that Carson has anymore and his play calling adjusts to Heineke. I think Scott Turner's in over his head of being like, we spent all this money on Carson because he has a, a rocket of an arm. So we have to do the plays this way. And I think that's, what's not working. There's only one way to find out and that's to wait till Thursday. I don't think it happens, but we'll see. Yeah. This has caps, been fun. Caps tomorrow. That's all that matters. Caps are back in action tomorrow. Wizards are still in preseason, but I think the season starts in a week or two. KCP, our, our uh, Porzingis is already injured. I have zero expectations uh, for the Wizards. This has been fun for FP, for LP. This is DTC. Interact with us on Twitter at Defeat the Curse. Let us know what you think. We are out.